Ah, and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We have a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takesbyfans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Yes, folks, however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today is a big old Tuesday on the show. We've got our day nine of our 73-day countdown to the NFL draft, looking at an NFL draft prospect every day. And today, we got a defensive back from Virginia Tech, folks. That's who we're going to be looking at today. Um, we also have a, a little bit of an NBA player spotlight. We do that every Tuesday, Thursday. We got uh, Chris Paul on deck today. Uh, so we'll be looking at him a little bit. And we are breaking on the NBA like always. So uh, without further ado, let's just jump right into it. The stories of the day in the first one. Here we go. We kind of knew this was going to happen, but it's getting a little bit clearer here. Raiders planning to bring back Derek Carr. Marcus Mariota likely likely to get traded so um we think that Marcus Mariota should be maybe the starter here in Las Vegas. I do like Derek Carr. He, his stats are getting it done. The stats are looking good by this man. It's just not translating to wins. We see like ha, like great, you know, first half of the season, bad second half of the season. Do you chalk that up to Derek Carr? Do you chalk that up to the coaching staff with Jay, uh, John Gruden? Uh, you know, you can possibly put the blame on either of those players, but or the player or the coach, but. The way that Marcus Mariota played that one game, it was looking really flawless. So uh, if the Raiders do plan on trading Marcus Mariota, I think there are teams that could value this man, that he could go in and step it up and be the starter. Atlanta comes to mind. I want to see a dual-threat quarterback with those Falcons wide receivers because I really think that would be the perfect scheme, the perfect fit uh, for Atlanta to possibly get back to the Super Bowl and win the whole dang thing this time and not blow the lead in the fourth quarter. So Derek Carr is probably going to stay in, in Las Vegas, but now Marcus Mariota, if they're going to trade him and not keep kind of two solid quarterbacks on the roster, let's once again just quickly go through the NFL teams that could benefit from having Marcus Mariota as their starting quarterback. Obviously, we're just going to go through all the teams. Obviously, not Arizona. They got their guy. Baltimore's got their guy. Atlanta, I don't know if they're 100% sold on ha bringing back Matt Ryan for another season. We, I know I say this a lot, but we heard Arthur Blank at the end of the season saying every Everybody's for sale. Everybody, we're cleaning house basically. And then about you know two, three, maybe even a month, maybe even like last month, he comes back out and saying, you know what? Yeah, we actually are gonna kind of keep everybody. So I still think there is a quarterback need in Atlanta, and there's some decent quarterbacks out there. We all, we Deshaun Watson would be the perfect fit there in Atlanta, hometown guy, perfect there. But Marcus Mariota, we loved what we saw from him. And you know, we only know, we do know he only played one game, but we loved what we saw from there. Everything was great. Accuracy was great. Running game was great. Decision making was great. Not getting hit was great. It was really just all fantastic of what we saw by that man. 
So Atlanta, yes, I would love to see him go there. Buffalo, they got their guy. Carolina, I thought they were sticking with Teddy B, but now they're making a run at Deshaun Watson. I don't think you go past I, – I, I take Teddy B over Marcus Mariota. I think he's the better talent. So we'll, we'll say Carolina's off limits. Bengals got their guy. Bears, he could go to the Bears. But like we said, Matt Nagy wants somebody tried and true. Now, I know we are kind of speaking highly of Marcus Mariota, but it was one game. We have to kind of take the totality of the facts. It was one game. Now, and, and did he step up in that one? game and he's kind of trash I mean he got kicked out of you know Tennessee where you know he's been there for a little bit so I understand some concerns and I like we said Matt Nagy cannot miss on another quarterback so he better be a thousand percent confident on whichever quarterback that this man gets back for the Bears but um, I don't know if the Bears would be the best fit for Marcus Merida just because of that that right there he's not a hundred percent surefire going to be good for an entire season uh, the Browns, no, they got uh, Baker Mayfield, Dallas going to stick with Dak, Denver Broncos, They could. I think that would be an upgrade over Drew Locke. We gave Drew Locke kind of his entire season this year, and he really did not pan out. He did miss a couple games, I think because of an injury, and when he came back, he still wasn't even that good, so he's not even learning while being injured, still throwing a lot of picks, not getting it done until the fourth quarter when the game's already over. So I would say that Marcus Mariota in Denver could be decent. Him with Jerry Judy? Uh, uh, and they got some nice running backs there. They still got Melvin Gordon. They got Philip Lindsay. So, you know, some read option with those two players. We can get behind that. So Denver, I think, could be a solid landing spot for uh, Marcus Mariota if he gets traded. Uh, Detroit's got their guy with Jared Goff. I'm sure they run with him. Texans, um, yeah, the, this could be a potential fit, but I think whoever the Texans trade Deshaun Watson for, they're going to get the other team's quarterback and picks along with that. So don't think Houston is interested in Marcus Mariota. Green Bay's got their guy and their backup. Colts got their guy. Rams have their guy. Jacksonville has their guy. Well, we'll have their guy come draft night. Now the Vikings, all righty, Kirk Cousins. I'm taking Marcus Mariota one year over Kirk Cousins because I saw what Kirk Cousins did with Stephon Diggs, pretty decent, but couldn't win. You couldn't get to the big game. Now you take away that high-profile number one wide receiver, and he kind of floundered the season. Even though Adam Thielen is the new number one, he really couldn't make him work because yes, Justin Jeffries was very good as the number two of a rookie, but it just never translated to wins, and it's unfortunate. Now we know that Mike Zimmer was blaming the defense, so you know Mike Zimmer still has a little bit of hope and faith into um, who we're we just talking about. Uh, what's his name? I just lost his name, just like that. Um, Kirk Cousins. So, not going to go to Minnesota, I don't believe. Kansas City's got their guy. I mean, Drew Brees is talking about he's not retiring. So, yeah, the Saints got their guy and two on deck, ready to rock. So, uh, Raiders, that's where he is. Giants got to stick with uh, Daniel Jones. You got to stick with this man. I think he can be developed into a pretty good quarterback. We just saw what Jason Garrett was able to do with him this season. I was kind of impressed. So, Giants, I st think they stick with their guy. Chargers got their guy. Eagles have their guy. Eagles got their guy? Yes, Jalen Hurts. Uh, Dolphins, uh, we're either going to get Deshaun Watson or stick with uh, Tua, which uh, I think we're sticking with Tua. Uh, 49ers, now they've been, you know, talking about getting rid of Jimmy G. I don't know what's up about that. You know, he's been fine, but he just can't stay healthy. That's the big knock against him, unfortunately. So we'll see if 49ers try and get a new quarterback. I have heard a lot of, you know, talks about the fans and inside organizations that, you know, they were ready to trade everything to get Deshaun Watson. They're ready to kind of move off of Jimmy G, but 
Uh, Marcus Mariota and the 49ers, I think, could work. I think, you know, you've got a great system there, great coach, great offensive minds. And Marcus Mariota, is a, I think he's solid. I think he's still solid. So potential with the 49ers if they move off of Jimmy G. Um, I don't expect that to happen, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Patriots, hey, I mean, they're in the market for a quarterback. Now they just had a dual threat, Cam Newton. Uh, he did not pan out. Uh, they don't give any help to the quarterbacks. And Marcus Mariota is going to be a quarterback that needs some offensive help to succeed and to elevate his own play. So definitely stay away from New England. They never get pieces. They didn't do it with Tom Brady. They're definitely not going to do it with Marcus Mariota. I can guarantee you that. Seattle's, uh, I think uh, Russell Wilson's going to stay there. Jets, uh, you know, we, we don't know if they're going to move off of Sam Darnold just yet, and I wouldn't want to, you know, Marcus Mariota going to the Jets anyway. Uh, Tampa Bay got their guy. Pittsburgh, I mean, potentially. I mean, yeah, Marcus Mariota to Pittsburgh could be pretty interesting, actually. They've got all the weapons for Marcus Mariota to succeed. They may be moving off of Big Ben this year. We know Big Ben wants to play, but management's like, no, no, you're done. You're done. You're out of here. So Pittsburgh, big question mark here. Marcus Mariota could thrive here in Pittsburgh. Nice little, you know, fast wide receivers off the edge, especially if they bring everybody back. You can run, you know, some nice, you know, end arounds and end fake arounds with Juju Smith-Schuster and Clay Chase Claypool and then, you know, the fake and then have Marcus Mariota keep it and go the other way. So there is something you can do here with um, here with Pittsburgh, with Marcus Mariota, and especially their lackluster running game of James Conner. You can elevate the running game by having a dual threat quarterback with the read option. That just makes the lines, the defensive lines job even harder because now they have to worry about the run and the fake and the quick screen. So potential there in Pittsburgh if they move off a of big man. I could see that. And then Washington's got their guy in Tennessee. He's already been there. He's not going to go back. So let's recap. I definitely think Pittsburgh is interesting. Definitely not a top choice or a top destination that I think he's going to go to, but it could be interesting. So, you know, Pittsburgh a little lower on the list. 49ers even lower than Pittsburgh. I don't see that happening. Um, the two good ones we thought were... Denver, definitely a good choice for him. Chicago, they've got the opening, but it's not going to work out. And then Atlanta. So I would say Atlanta, number one. Denver, number two. Steelers, it's number three, but it's a it's a big gap between two and three over there. So it's a big old drop at three and then an even bigger drop at number four for the 49ers. But I definitely think there is somewhere that Marcus Mariota can go and thrive as a starter in this league still. He won, he won, he won at least a backup job with that one game this season, at least. So. So at least he's going to stay as the backup, which he's been here with the Raiders. So definitely looking to see Marcus Mariota try to get back um, into the starting lineup somewhere. All right, a little rumor here. Allen Robinson, the wide receiver for the Bears, hasn't heard from the Bears since the season ended as of February 18th. He's a free agent this season, and he hasn't been in touch with the team, and he's open to returning. Now, why I bring up the story? Because this is disrespect. The Bears organization is absolutely disrespecting the best player that the Bears have. He made Mitch Trubisky look good. Allen Robinson was the only highlight, the only green light of this Bears offense the entire season. He was catching all these guards. 
garbage passes. I mean, we bring it up all the time, like most uncatchable passes caught. Allen Robinson has the most by far, and that's because he's got garbage to work with. Not one garbage, two garbage, and they use both of those garbage bags, those trash bags, those dumpsters at quarterback both times this season. Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, and Allen Robinson was still making them look good and still putting up points on the board as really the only wide receiver. Cordero Patterson was like the number two wide receiver, and they used him as like in the running game and in the screen games. He never was the deep downfield threat that Allen Robinson was, and Allen Robinson made this team look good. He won them the games. He had them in playoff contention come week 17. It was all because Allen Robinson. So the Bears utter disrespect not reaching out as soon as the season ended you pick up the phone and be like we're offering you 100 million dollars get here tomorrow morning you hang up the phone that's the only conversation the Bears should be having with Allen Robinson and the fact that they haven't even called him or talked to him since the season ended disrespect to not bring this man back you better hope Matt Nagy you better hope you pick the best quarterback here or one your career is over and two you know you're going to be very frowned upon as kind of you know you couldn't do anything as a head coach Coach. You had, you know, garbage quarterbacks that you chose. You doubled down on gar- garbage quarterbacks by bringing in Nick Foles, and now you blew your third quarterback option there, and you let your best player go in Allen Robinson. So maybe Matt Nagy's the problem because if you don't pick up the phone after what he's done for you all season, disrespect, utter disrespect. Allen Robinson, come to the Dolphins. We respect talent over here. We need talent. We need wide receiver talent, and we will respect wide receiver talent if we get you. So Allen Robinson not hearing from the uh, from the Bears is absolutely absolutely disrespecting. Now I don't even want Marcus Mariota to go there. I know we just said that he had a potential to go to Chicago just because of Matt Nagy can't go there. But now I don't even want Marcus Mariota to even think about going to the Bears. Don't even want to think about it. They are not treating their talent right. They, they'd they rather coddle Mitch Trubisky and not get their – I don't know, man. I don't know. Utter disrespect here. Allen Robinson deserves better. He deserves better. Alrighty, we got a nice little clip here of Derrick Henry back in the lab gearing up for Season 3, Beast Mode Season 3. These last two seasons, folks, I'm telling you, Derrick Henry is the best running back in the NFL. I'm about to try this workout at the gym today. Nice little, um, you know, lunges, weighted lunges, and look at this. I mean, look at the concentration, medicine ball in his hand, somebody's touching his knee, the balance that this man's had. Look at that forearm. Oh, my goodness. This man is an absolute beast, an absolute mech truck on the field and he's fast it's crazy you sh- you do not expect somebody this big this strong to be as fast as he is he's got breakaway speed he's the best running back he will run you over he will truck you he will have your entire team on his back dragging them across the goal line as he scores a 40 yard walk off touchdown it doesn't matter king henry's back in the lab watch out for part three of this man this season coming up. Now, if Ryan Tannehill can be get it together a little bit more, then the Titans win the championship, no doubt. But Ryan Tannehill is really kind of the person, the only thing that is holding this Titans team back because we know it's definitely not Derrick Henry. This man is ready to rock, ready to play another full season right now. I love watching this man work. He's, pro- you know, three years in the league already. He's probably my favorite running back of all time, folks. This is how great this man is, and he gets disrespected. He should have an MVP. 
It's unfortunate that, you know, uh, you know, just kind of in the traditional media, MVP goes to the quarterback and they go to teams that, you know, are winning a lot of games. And I get it. I understand all of it. But the fact that this man's not even in contention for MVP any of these last two years is a little little disrespectful. I do believe he won Offensive Player of the Year, which is a little bit of a it's an acknowledgement. So I'll take it. But he definitely deserves an MVP. This man is single handedly carrying the Titans every single team. Ryan Tannehill is the number two, folks. He's the number two option. Derrick Henry's number one. Ryan, T- he may, Ryan Tannehill be, may be even number three. I, I think we put, you know, A.J. Brown at number two, the number two option, and then, you know, the quarterback at number three. So, not uh, – we'll just leave it here. I love Derrick Henry, folks. Look at this man work. Look at this man work. Absolutely fantastic. I'm about to get in the gym with this man. Invite me. Derrick Henry, you like takes by fans? I want to work out with this man. Alrighty, we got another top 10 plays by the Chargers this time. Uh, we, we just looked at the Titans the other day. Absolutely fantastic. Derrick Henry only like three plays, but they were the top three, so we'll give them that. But now we got the top 10 from the Chargers. How is Justin Herbert looking? I mean, he had a fantastic rookie year, record-setting rookie year, and uh, so hopefully he's on a lot of these plays in the top 10. But let's see what these Chargers are working with this year. What do the NFL think the top 10 plays of the Chargers are? Let's roll the tape here. Here we go. This is the honorable mention. This won't fool us. This is honorable mention, not number 10. And he goes deep. And what a catch here. Woof. Nice little first down. Keenan Allen over the champions. The Bucks corner. Get out of here. Fantastic ball there. Only where the receiver could go up and get it. And he went up and got it. Gosh darn. Alrighty, we are number 10. Defensive pick on Tom Brady. A little bit of a duck there by Tom Brady. And that's kind of the magic of Tom Brady, folks. He's He looked really bad in certain spots during the regular season. And even in the playoffs, both of those games against the Packers and uh, the Saints looking absolutely really not great. And then in the Super Bowl, he turned it on. That's what this man can do. All right, number 9. This was before Justin Herbert got in the game and before a doctor ruined Tyrod Taylor's career. Tyrod Taylor going deep. Let's watch this one one more time. Went back a little bit too far here, but we get another look at the Brady pick. Fantastic. Fantastic Brady pick. All righty, back to number nine here. Tyrod Taylor, healthy lungs. What? Look what this man can do with healthy lungs, folks. Absolutely magnificent. And this man just took a big old shot. Gosh darn. Woof. Wide receiver. Let's count the yards on this bomb. Woof. I'll call it from the 35 all the way down to the 25. Absolutely fantastic. We're talking about 25, 30, 40-yard bomb right there. Absolutely on the money. Perfect ball. I mean, that's absolutely fantastic. Tyrod Taylor can play, folks. The doctor really screwed this man, honestly, because Justin Herbert wasn't even going to play this season, most likely, or like back half of the season. But, you know, what was it, like week three? Doctor, maybe even week two, punctures Tyrod Taylor's lung. And this is a beautiful throw. Watch it on this angle right there. Right there. I mean, that's a tight throw, and he squeezed it in there. Fantastic work. Tyrod Taylor, get this man on another team. He deserves another chance here. All right, Justin Herbert at the number eight, going deep. Yes, sir. Let's count the yards on this bomb. We know this man's got a cannon for an arm. I think we've saw multiple 50-yard bombs by this man throwing it from the 20 all the way down to the 40-yard line, folks. That's clean, clean, clean uh, 40 yards right there. Absolutely fantastic. Right on the money. Right on the money. The receiver had about a step on the defender. Lays it out in front. Touchdown. Yes, sir. This man can play. Justin Herbert is going to be a future Hall of Famer, folks. Hopefully he can win a ring and isn't going to kind of fall 
fall into the trap trap that uh, Philip Rivers had. And holy moly, a very tight throw here over the middle. Can't get any better than that. Avoiding every single defender on that play. Outstretched hands of Tyron Matthew. We got to give this man. This man's accuracy so far is so freaking great. All right, another deep ball. And we know this man's got the cannon. Woo! Here we go. Let's count the yards on this one. He's going to throw this one from the 20. From the 20 all the way down to the... 20! We'll count it 20 to 20. Absolutely magnificent. Count it 60 yards, probably 55 officially, but just absolutely fantastic. He's got the cannon. He's leading his wide receivers. He's putting it exactly where it needs to be, and this man can go deep whenever he wants, and they've got some deep... I mean, look at these catches. These are great catches by these receivers. This Chargers team definitely underperformed a little bit this season, even though you know they were working with a rookie quarterback, so we'll see if the coach was the big fix here. That's going to be the big thing. If the Chargers do not elevate their own record this season, it's it's going to be it's going to be truly disappointing because you know you've got all the talent. Now you you double down saying that it was the coaching. That's why you fired Anthony Lynn. So. We'll see what happens with the Chargers this year. But back to number five. I mean, folks, once again, once again, great throw, great catch. Uh, Justin Herbert from the 30. Absolutely beautiful rainbow throw. The man's, this man's touch. Oh, my goodness, folks. Woof. Look at this. Absolutely perfect. It's literally perfect, folks. It's perfect. These throws are perfect perfectly thrown perfectly placed dropping right in the hands of the receiver no chance at a pick no chance at a batted ball and look at all these throws are just deep bombs number four here he's gonna launch this one from about the 35 yard line getting it all the way down to about the five yard line folks wonderful wonderful oh my gosh it's about 60 folks it's about 60 they put two plays at number four what are we doing here you can't put two plays at number four. They've been doing this a lot here. What is that? You can't do an honorable mention, two plays at number four. Just make it to the top 15 at this point. Come on. What are we doing? <clears throat> All right, number four. We're not even going to count this one, but it's great. <laughs> it's great. This man's throwing off of his back foot, still able to get it. Look at this man. Off his back foot, pressure barreling down, and he still has the perfect placement. Uh, folks, I can't speak highly enough about this man. For year one, what a home run hitter that this man had. Whoever drafted this man for the Chargers, fantastic, fantastic. Well done. You deserve a raise. You deserve all this credit here. All right, number three, are we going to get another bomb? We're going to get another big old bomb. Yes, sir. Throwing it in double coverage. And look at these wide receivers helping this man out a little bit. Now, it's high where only the receiver can make a play on this ball. It's either going to be incomplete, too high a thrown, or it's going to be caught by the wide receiver. No chance at a tip. No chance at a pick. Very, very well done. Back to the defense here for play number two. Just once again, Matt Ryan couldn't get the ball all the way out there on the sideline. A little bit of a duck. And then off the turnover, Justin Herbert. Wide open. Perfect throw. Or that's at, that's the at the end of the game. Oh, they put this entire sequence all at number two. They put this sequence all at number two. 34 seconds left. Matt Ryan throws a pick right at midfield. Kind of like what we say about Matt Ryan. A lot of picks. Can't get, you know, into like the 30, into kind of the green zone before the red zone. Can't do any of that. And then look at this, man. Poise, calm, cool, collected. One pass, one catch. In field goal range instantly. Tie up or to win the game. 
there it is. Justin Herbert is the man. He's the man. Yes, sir. Clutch. Doesn't matter. Oh, bring me on the field with 30 seconds left off of a turnover. I wasn't even expected to go. But, hey, I'll be ready. I'm always ready, baby. I'm Justin Herbert. Y'all don't know who I am. And here we go. Number one, week 15 against the Raiders. And he goes all the way down again. Woo! Big old bomb. Count the yards one more time. Throwing it from the 35-yard line. All the way down to the 10. That's 55 yards, folks. Clean. This man's slinging it all season. He's young. His arm is fresh. He's going to be slinging the ball. And once again, they've got to add another play here at number one. And it's Justin Herbert reaching over the goal line. Look at this man go and work. He got stopped on his initial dive, but he kept going, falling forward. Still had those, uh, those hands are strong, man. This is him just holding the ball out front with two hands. He gets popped right there at the one yard line as he's falling down he's still controlling the ball hard with his hands and he extends it over the goal line what a freaking beast this man is throwing the ball tough he's like six i think he's like six five absolutely just stud folks truly a stud there chargers have the quarterback of the future we will be talking about this man probably like we talk about aaron Rodgers. probably probably not as much as brady because that's just hard to duplicate but one ring great arm for his entire career getting it done making the throws consistently over and over and over and over and over and over and over again this is what this man can do chargers have an absolute beast there love it <clears throat> Alrighty, and then the last story to talk about here, the Houston Rockets are going to waive DeMarcus Cousins. We kind of know this, and this Rockets team is officially garbage now. We liked them for about a week, week and a half span when Victor Oladipo, John Wall, and Christian Wood were all playing together, and then... Christian Wood went down, and now Victor Oladipo and John Wall are back to not even playing together, and they're a trash team now because of that. So they just got rid of their second big. Christian Wood comes back. They're going to have nobody else, and it's not going to be looking good here for the Rockets. So not great. Um, alrighty, those are all the stories we had to talk about in the NBA. Now let's head over to, or the, those are all the stories that we needed to talk about. Now let's head over to the NBA, see what happened last night. We'll quickly go in overview of these games, go a little bit deeper into the stats. Then we'll do our moneymaker for today's games. Then we'll do our player spotlight on Chris Paul. And then we'll do our NFL draft prospect of the day. All right, so let's uh, just keep going here. The NBA from last night, Bulls, Rockets, Rockets, Flounder. They lose 120 to 100. Bulls just winning right from the start to the finish, getting it done. And we know, man, this Rockets team, Victor Oladipo didn't play. We saw he was, uh, was he out or game time decision last night? That's why we stayed away from taking this game. But uh, this Rockets team, truly disappointing because they, they had it for a second. They had it for a second and uh, they lost it. I, I don't know what it is, man. Victor Oladipo, John Wall, just not playing together. It is truly frustrating because they, they can work together, but uh, they keep resting each other. I don't know why. <clears throat> Alrighty, Grizzlies and Mavs, and you know I thought the Grizzlies would be a little bit more competitive, try and win this game, but they lose 92 to 102, couldn't get it done. And every time I want to start buying this Grizzlies team, they let us down. This was going to be a huge game that kind of made up our mind: are these Grizzlies the real deal or pretenders? And it seems like they're still pretenders. Or unfortunately, once they get Dylan Brooks back, maybe they can start you know rising up into the to the occasion. But until then, man, they are disappointing me a little bit. So Mavericks get back on track here with the win, 102. 92. 
Heat beat the Thunder 108-94. Great win here by this Heat team. Just, I mean, what we know about the Thunder, they don't have that second great superstar. Shea Gills-Alexander still needs to start stepping it up a tad more, elevating the play around his, uh, around him. We know he's great. We know he can drop 25 whenever he wants, but now you have to start getting others involved. I mean, we just saw what Lugan Stork could do with Chris Paul on the floor. So, you know, Shea Gills-Alexander does need to start stepping it up, elevating the play around him a little bit more. But well done to the Heat. Getting back on track here, winning 108-94 over the Thunder. All righty, Blazers and Suns. And, man, the Blazers let us down. We rooted for them. They were in our moneymaker. I think we were getting them plus, like, six points. We were feeling good. And they get absolutely blown out here by the Suns. I thought the Suns would win, but I thought the Blazers would be able to kind of keep it competitive a little bit. But they couldn't even do that. So, super unfortunate here. This Blazers, they ride some high waves sometimes. But they also ride some low waves even, you know, with the same roster that they ride the high waves with. So, great win here by the Suns, a dominant performance. We love this Suns team. We'll never doubt this Suns team again. And for this Blazers team, we're going to have to kind of wait now, wait a little bit, maybe kind of until CJ McCollum comes back to kind of have our full trust in this team again. But uh, maybe we just write this one off as a bad loss. They were off the, off the or on the road, but then they just lost to the Wizards as well. Not great. What are they, a two-game two game losing streak? What do we got here for the Blazers? Let's refresh this. Blazers, two-game losing streak. All right, so hopefully this isn't the big old downturn that the Kings had. Hopefully it's just a, a, a soft little slide, a soft little skid here. But we'll keep an eye on that moving forward. All right, Jazz beating the Hornets. <clears throat> no surprise to us. The J the Hornets were getting 12.5 points, and luckily for us, we stayed away from it. It was very much enticing value. We told you to stay away from it. Luckily, we did. We listened to ourselves, and we didn't fall for this trap. So well done by the Jazz. Absolutely blowing out the Hornets, 132-110. to 110. Just the Hornets. I mean, you can't stop... Rudy Gobert all game long. You don't have that kind of consistent score. You don't really have that great bench play that the Jazz have. And that's why the Hornets are losing in these games, folks. Now, they did put up 110 points, which is pretty decent. But still, you gave up 132. Young kind of core offensively. They don't play great defense. They don't win the games in the fourth quarter. So, some promising signs here by the Hornets. But when they face the best teams in the league, we know that they, they kind of have no chance of winning on them, unfortunately. And then the last game of the night, the game that we hit on our moneymaker, Wizards plus seven, and that's always a great value when the Lakers are missing two of their big three. We saw no Dennis Schroeder, we saw no AD, and it kind of bit them in the butt not having both of those players. We saw LeBron James try to be clutch, unfortunately couldn't, missed a free throw at end of regulation, missed a game-tying free throw in overtime. We've got the clips of kind of that last overtime sequence because it's, it's kind of crazy. Russell Westbrook missing free throws, LeBron James missing free throws and uh, you know the game ends 127-124 Wizards beating this Lakers team and they are on a five game winning streak now are they on a five game winning streak they are they're six and four in their last ten five straight wins and now they are slowly creeping up into that eighth seed they are only three games back from that eighth seed I think only two officially how crazy is that so this Wizards team watch out for them they're starting to hit their groove this could be a legitimate team now, 
they came back against the Lakers. I think they were down like 20 points, 19 points, 18 points. They had a great run in the kind of early fourth quarter. I think it was like a 23 to 9 run, brought them back in the game. They closed out the game very well, go into overtime and beat the Lakers. So well done by this Wizards team. They're starting to get it on track, folks. They just needed a little bit to get it everything squared away. All righty, you know the the splits between Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, who else is going to step up? So very well done to this Wizards team. We took them plus 7. They win straight up yes sir there's some great value when you can see that you know the best teams aren't having all of their players play <clears throat> so Lakers minus seven never take that never ever ever take that I mean we're telling you we know what great value is we know what great value looks like and we say it all the time Nets plus points whenever it is it doesn't matter who's playing you always take it and you always take the points against the Lakers if two of the big three are still out like they were tonight so that was great value by the wizards we took it we won off of it yes sir all right let's go a little bit deeper into these stats now let's go back up to the top here to bulls and rockets let's start here with the winning bulls team zach levine 21 points six assists five rebounds kind of a little bit of a lighter night by him but everybody else stepped it up so very well done kobe white was actually the leading scorer of this squad 24 points and 10 rebounds yes sir kobe white on 62 percent shooting that's what we want to see all right now is this going to be kind of a one and done game by kobe white like we just saw the last time he had a good game Maybe, maybe. I mean, they did do it against the Rockets. Nothing really great there. So I do want to see Kobe White start to step it up a little bit more consistently. Because if we're talking about Kobe White and Zach Levine, and then they've got, you know, still Garrett Temple and Thaddeus Young off the bench. I mean, this could be a very solid team if Kobe White starts to be a little bit more consistent like he was in this game. So we're going to see, see this game as a promising sign for Kobe White and let's see if he can rock it out for a kind of you know a two three four game streak in a row that's going to be his kind of first test so let's see what he's doing in these next couple of games but a great performance here <coughs> Also in the starting lineup, Wendell Carter Jr., absolutely great game. 18 points, 13 rebounds on 57% shooting. I mean, when you're just going against, who, who do they got now? They put P.J. Tucker. They put P.J. Tucker at the five. What are we nuts? What are we nuts? He's 6'5", folks. Come on. I know the Rockets are used to small ball uh, for last season, but B.J. Tucker at the 5 over freaking Wendell Carter Jr. How tall is this man? I think he's like 6'10". He's 6'10". I mean... Oh, folks, that's a five-inch difference. And look at P Eric Gordon. <laughs> Eric Gordon's plus minus. It was a minus 24. Just couldn't get anything done. So this is <laughs> this Rockets team, man. I cannot believe it. I can't, They really beefed up their – they beefed the entire season. After getting rid of uh, James Harden, they, they had it. They had the squad. Victor Oladipo, John Wall, Christian Wood, DeMarcus Cousins coming off the bench. That was a solid squad, folks. But now Christian Wood goes down ever since then. It's really all collapsed, and they are – I don't even know I don't even know what they're doing. I think they're tanking now for some reason. Ah, man, it's just – it's a pity, man. That that week, that week, that like four or five-game stretch of everybody playing together, we, we loved it. We had the Rockets in the top ten because of that. Man, 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 man. All right, back to the Bulls here. Patrick Williams, 14.7 rebounds on 75% shooting. Once again, very well done. And then Garrett Temple to round out the starters here. Nine points, four assists, four rebounds. It's It was a great game by the entire starters. And then we got even better contribution off the bench. Thomas Satrosky. 
10 points, 4 assists, very well done. And look at this, Thaddeus Young still stepping it up. 17 points, 5 assists, 8 rebounds. Start respecting Thaddeus Young as a 6th man of the year candidate. Yes, sir. The only real difference between Thaddeus Young and Jordan Clarkson is Jordan Clarkson's on a good team and Thaddeus Young's on a real, real bad team. So if this Bulls team... If they can kind of keep it up and try to make it into the playoffs, where are they at right now? They are number eight. So, yes, yes. Start respecting Thaddeus Young. If Kobe White can start stepping it up consistently and Thaddeus Young is, start, is still getting, you know, 15 points, you know, five assists, eight plus rebounds this is a squad here folks watch out for this Bulls team they are rising they're kind of like the Wizards just kind of needed to figure it out there in the first third of the season now we're in the second third and we start we are starting to see some teams elevate that didn't elevate in the first third the Bulls and the Wizards we're starting to see teams flounder that stepped up in the first half in the second half the Hornets floundering the um who else is floundering somebody else is floundering I had two teams I thought were floundering here um, what else we get here? The Grizzlies a little bit. The Pelicans a little bit. The Kings. The Kings. That's the team. The The Kings are definitely floundering this second half. Uh, and the Hornets definitely floundering in the second half. But let's give it up to the Bulls and Wizards. Whatever, what have you done for us lately? That's what this show's all about. I mean, we're talking about sports and breaking down the stats on every single game on every single day. So, what have you done for us lately? And we're kind of liking what Thaddeus Young is doing here. So, Thaddeus Young for six man. This needs to start being kind of mainstream. We got to start pushing that into the mainstream. Thaddeus Young, six man of the year candidate. I mean, we still got the back half of the season, so we're not writing anything in stone, but yes, Jordan Clarkson's a nominee, and so is Thaddeus Young, and so should Montrez Harrell, now that I, now that we're bringing it all into light. So those three, I definitely think, should all be in contention, kind of equally, kind of equally. I don't know who's a clear front runner. I would say maybe Jordan Clarkson, just because he's on the good team, but that shouldn't be the deciding factor there. So Thaddeus Young, folks, what a great name. What, what a great game. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to the Rockets now. Here we go. Uh, what else? Uh, yeah, so as we said, no Victor Oladipo. P.J. Tucker goes to the five, and that's <laughs> not going to work. The Mets go score no points. <laughs> no points and two rebounds at the five. Woof. All right, all right. John Wall, 15 points, seven assists, and three rebounds. So it's like John Wall, you have to start stepping it up even more because no Victor Oladipo and Christian Wood and even no DeMarcus Cousins now. So a little disappointed that John Wall's not taking it upon himself to go do what Bradley Beal is doing and just take over games and do it all himself. So John Wall deserves a little bit of uh, of the credit of the dysfunction here in Houston. Same thing with Vic Victor Oladipo because, I mean, missing every other game is just so annoying. All right, Eric Gordon, 13 points, four assists. P.J. Tucker, as we said, no points, no assists, two rebounds at the five. Daniel House Jr., 15 points, six rebounds. Deshaun Tate, 12 points, eight rebounds, two assists. I mean, this is a squad, folks. If you have John Wall at the one, Victor Oladipo at the two, uh, Christian Wood at – or Vic, John Wall at the one, Victor Oladipo at the two, Deshaun Tate at the three, Daniel House Jr. at the four, and – um, Christian Wood at the five. That's a solid lineup. And then you got P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon off the bench. Yes, you can put one of those two in the starting lineup and have, you know, Deshaun Tate or Daniel House Jr. off the bench as well. But I'm just saying you have two extra good bench pieces if you have everybody healthy. But um, still no word on Christian Wood. What a shame. What a pity. Alrighty, good contributions off the bench here by Nate, David Waba. 
22 points, 9 rebounds. Yes, sir. Sterling Brown, 16 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Once again, I mean, this is a solid team. Solid team if they have everybody healthy. But uh, they need Christian Wood back a million percent. So, Bulls get the win 120-100 over the Rockets. Alrighty, Grizzlies and Mavericks. Let's start here with the game-winning team, the Mavericks. What are they on? Are they on like a big old winning streak? Or they lost one that kind of broke it up? Uh, Mavericks, one game winning streak in six and four in their last ten. They are fighting for that eighth spot here. There is some good kind of, you know, competition between like eight, nine, and ten in both the Eastern and Western conferences. So that's always great to see. Having some real nail biters down the stretch of the season, making, you know, every game even more imperative than the last one. So very well done to this Mavericks team starting to start kind of step it up consistently a little bit here, winning games consistently a little bit here. Luka Doncic, 21 points, 5 assists, 7 rebounds on 44% shooting, 3 of 10 from 3. Not the worst. Josh Richardson, 17 points, 3 assists, 7 rebounds, 3 of 10. 3 of 7 from 3, 42% overall. Once again, very well done. They had no... Chris Dapp, poor Zingas. So Dwight Powell goes to the center position. Only six points and four rebounds. Maxi Kleber, two points, five rebounds. And Dorian Finney-Smith, only four points. But he did have nine rebounds as well. But really no great scoring um, in the starting lineup besides Luka Doncic and Josh Richardson. But they did get some nice contribution off the bench. Tim Hardaway Jr., 29 points, led the team in scoring off the bench. Four rebounds to go along with that. And then Jalen Brunson, 19 points, three assists. Seven rebounds to get it done on 63% shooting off the bench. So, luckily, some big old bench player steps up in the absence of KCP, or KP, Chris Saporzingis, and uh, they get the win over the Grizzlies. Now, this was kind of a game that the Grizzlies should not have lost. You should not be losing to a Mavericks team without Chris Saporzingis. Valanchunas should have been eating all over the boards and stopping everybody. He had a good game himself, Jonas Valanciunas, 11 points and 15 rebounds, but only on 27% shooting. What are you doing? What, 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 who was contesting you out here? You were getting locked up by Dwight Powell. Not great. You were getting locked up by who, 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 who? Show us, show us. Show us who you were getting locked up by, Jonas Valanciunas. This is not a good – see, this is what we're talking about here. Floundering against kind of middle of the packs team. There's really no reason why this Grizzlies team shouldn't have put up more than 100 points and definitely really shouldn't have even – lost this game uh but John Morant 22 points nine assists four rebounds he shot 47 percent oh four from three Grayson Allen back in the starting lineup here and he flounders man oh man Grayson Allen step it up a little bit jeez he had like a two three game good stretch and now is just flounder after flounder performance here um so three points by this man five rebounds on 16 percent shooting oh four from three come on Grayson Allen that's your game that's all they ask you to do just hit the three you're basically JJ Redick out there all right, Brandon Clark, 11 points, 4 rebounds, and then Kyle Anderson, 9 points, 4 rebounds. They did get some good contributions here off the bench. Desmond Bain, 12 points. Xavier Tillman, 4 points but 10 rebounds. And then uh, Tyus Jones, 10 points, 4 assists. So some decent help off the bench. Jonas Valanciunas, only 11 points, a little light. And then Brandon Clark or Kyle Anderson not stepping it up in the absence of unfortunate uh, Dylan Brooks. So they definitely need Dylan Brooks. They definitely need Grayson Allen to start stepping it up as well. These three-point games are not going to get it done. Grayson Allen, you may have to move back to the bench, honestly, because you, know, you in the starting lineup is definitely hurting this Grizzlies team. All right, next game up, Heat and the Thunder. Let's start here with the game winning or the team winning Heat. 
15 points by Jimmy Butler, 9 assists, 4 rebounds on 27% shooting. Got to the line 9 times, which is good, but did not have a great night from the field. Kelly Olynyk, 11 points, 6 rebounds. He shot 44%, not bad. Bam Adebayo had a great game. 19 points, 5 assists, 13 rebounds on 70% shooting. Thankfully, Bam Adebayo is very consistent for this team. Duncan Robinson, another good game by him. 22 points, 7 rebounds, fantastic. And Kendrick Nunn, 20 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds, 3 steals, 2 blocks. What a fantastic performance by him as well. Now, no Tyler Hero for this game. He did not play. Max Struss steps up a little bit here. 11 points, 2 assists, 2 rebounds off the bench. It's not bad. He didn't shoot well. 3 of 10 from 3 and 20%, 27% overall, but he still got double-digit points and that's what the Heat need, especially with no Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero, Avery Bradley, those are big names out. So Heat able to kind of pull it together and get the win over the Thunder. This Thunder team definitely should not have lost against this Heat team without Tyler Hero and all that squad. So a little unfortunate here by the Thunder, but we know we know that about this team. They're not the greatest. Shea Gillis Alexander moving back to the one here. 27 points, five assists. Theo Melendon. Uh, I believe this is his first start. Is this his first start at the two? Interesting. Um, eight points, five assists, five rebounds. Just kind of a mediocre night. Nothing great, nothing bad. Uh, Isaiah Roby at the five, 12 points, five rebounds. Darius Baisley, 13 points, five rebounds. And Lugan Stort still at the three here. 11 points, four assists, seven rebounds. Not the best or not the worst really but he did not shoot well at all 20% from the field in one of eight from three not getting it done Lugan store at the three here is not working they need to figure it out where whenever he plays the two he plays fantastic but this three he does not fit there at the three truly unfortunate all righty off the bench Hamadio Diallo putting up no points not the greatest Mike Muscala 11 points Kenneth Williams, 6.7 rebounds. They didn't have Al Horford, unfortunately. And that was kind of their downfall a little bit. A little bit there. So he get the win. 108-94. Blazers, Suns. Let's start here with the Suns. Chris Paul, only two points, but nine assists. He went one of nine from the field. Holy cow, what a garbage game by Chris Paul. But, hey, when Chris Paul's off, Devin Booker's on, and he was on 34 points, four assists, four rebounds on 70% shooting. DeAndre Ayton, 19 points, five rebounds. Frank Kaminsky didn't even have a good game, three points, one rebound. Uh, he only played 11 minutes, though. And then McCall Bridges, 10 points, five assists, two rebounds. Luckily, they got some decent contributions here off the bench. Jay Crowder, eight points, three rebounds. Dario Sarek, 14 points, nine rebounds. Cameron Payne, 7 points. Etwan Moore, 6 points. Cameron Johnson, 13 points. Um, Javon Carter, 6 points. Damian Jones, 5 points. Langston Galloway, 5 points. Yes, everybody's getting involved here. They can go deep. They played 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 players off the bench because they were up so big that they could rest all their starters. So just an absolute dominant performance by the Suns. Everybody getting involved. And that's, um, that's something great here if you can do that in kind of the middle of the season getting everybody some good minutes here I mean everybody had at least five or more minutes um, off the bench I mean that's pretty dang good you played your basically entire squad here you played everybody everybody was available and everybody basically played so well done by the Suns getting some valuable game time experience for some of these kind of bench players and the bench bench players so watch out for the Suns team folks truly this is a great squad 
All right, why did the Blazers lose? Damian Lillard, 24 points, 7 assists, 0 rebounds. Gary Trent Jr., 11 points, 2 rebounds on only 22% shooting. That's reason number one why they lost. They need Gary Trent Jr. to step it up a little bit. Ennis Cantor, 6 points, 15 rebounds. Very well done. Uh, Robert Covington, 6 points, 5 rebounds. Derek Jones Jr., 8 points. He shot 100%. Yes, sir. 5 rebounds, 2 assists as well. So once again, not a bad overall game by Derrick Jones Jr. But hey, when everybody else isn't scoring, you kind of got to start to step it up. And that's what I want to see Derrick Jones Jr. start to do. Start to take over the game a little bit. He's got all the pieces that in his toolkit, all the athleticism to kind of, you know, go and grab, you know, 10 rebounds, to go and get, you know, 10 assists, to go and get, you know, 15 plus points. He can do all of that, but he hasn't really been showing it here in the starting lineup. Uh, kind of flounders most of the games out there. He has had kind of a couple decent performances, but uh, Derek Jones Jr., he's got a lot of talent. I want to start to see him start to uh, be a little bit more involved offensively on this team. Carmelo off the bench, 10 points. Nasir Little, 18 points off the bench. Kind of the second leading scorer of the squad off the bench in only 16 minutes. That's not going to be the greatest. It won't get it done in totality. So Damian Lillard, only 24 points. He has to go for 30 a night kind of without CJ McCollum and Nurchic. But uh, and still, and same thing here with Anthony Simmons. I mean, only six points off the bench. We definitely know him of getting a little bit more of that. So just kind of an off night. Nobody had a great game besides Damian Lillard. Trent Jr. is a little off. Ennis Cantor was a little off. Robert Covington was a little off. And their bench of Carmelo and Anthony Simmons and Rodney Hood kind of a little, a little off. But uh, they just kind of got blown out here. Only put up 100 points. Not great. All right, moving on to Hornets in the Jazz. Let's go to the Jazz first. Donovan Mitchell. 23 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds. Yes, sir. Mike Connolly, 15 points, 5 assists, 2 rebounds. Rudy Gobert, 10 points, 12 rebounds. Classic Rudy Gobert game. Royce O'Neal, 8 points, 8 assists, 5 assists, or 8 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Fantastic game by him. And then Bojan Bogdanovic, 10 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists on 50% shooting. So all the starters really getting it done. And then look at this contribution off the bench. Holy moly, 3 players in 20-plus scoring territory. Oh, my goodness. Joe Ingles, first person off the bench with 21 points, 6 assists, and 5 rebounds. What a freaking fantastic game. Jordan Clarkson, 20 points. Four assists, two rebounds. Yes, sir. George's Niang, 21 points in 15 minutes. So uh, this Jazz team, we know they're deep. We know they're deep. Their starters are all good. This is why they're the best team in the West because of this right here. If you just look at this, look at this stat line. This is it. This is what the Jazz are. Great starters here. Everybody basically 10-plus points. Um, and off the bench, you get solid contribution by three players here. Absolutely magnificent. What a performance here by the Jazz just blowing out the Hornets, um, which is to be a little expected here. Alrighty, let's go to the Hornets now. LaMelo Ball, 21 points, 4 assists, 7 rebounds on 40% shooting. Not the greatest. He took 20 shots, so not the greatest there. 2 of 7 from 3, once again, not the greatest. But everything else, the points, he got 21 there. He got the 4 assists, the three, the 7 rebounds, the 3 steals to go along with all that. So LaMelo Ball is a very, very good starter here in this league. He's only a rookie here, folks, so the shooting percentage has to get up a little bit more, just a, a tad more, get that up a little bit. And now we're talking about a complete player, so... 
great performance by him. And then look at that, a minus three when he is on the floor. Great defender as well, and he played 38 minutes. So well done here by LaMelo Ball. Really, uh, truly great rookie year or a great start to the rookie year by this man. Terry Rougier got brought back down to earth, folks. Only 12 points where we've been used to seeing this man score 30 points like uh, for the last five games. Uh, floundering here a little bit with 12 points. Only, he shot 45%, which isn't bad, but 0-4 from three. So 12, 12, 12 points by that man. Two steals, two assists, one rebound. Cody Zeller, eight points, seven rebounds. Not the greatest. P.J. Washington, 17 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds. And then Gordon Hayward, 21 points, 2 assists, 3 rebounds on 60% shooting. So not bad overall performances. Some big old deficits there in the plus minus. And that's kind of a given since they lost by 22 points. So you expect kind of decent big negatives there. Alrighty, off the bench, Malik Monk. Really the only good bench scorer here. 20 points, 6 Rebound. So just unfortunate here by the Hornets that uh, the Jazz had two other players in 20-plus territory off the bench where the Hornets weren't able to kind of make up that production off the bench. And, you know, that's kind of something that is lacking with this Hornets team. They need a kind of a better solid big, and they need somebody else off this bench. Yes, we know Malik Monk is really good. Miles Bridges usually can get you that 10-plus points a game, but uh, not consistently here. So they need a little bit of a better big, get Cody Zeller off the bench, maybe get a better facilitator on the floor so when LaMelo Ball goes out, because that's why, you know, the Hornets were having great success kind of early in that first third of the season because LaMelo Ball was off the bench facilitating the floor and making those kind of bench players all work consistently. That's why he got elevated into the starting lineup. But now, you know, now the bench has no great floor leader on floor general. So they definitely need a better kind of point guard for the bench. They need a little bit better of a big. And then we can start talking about them as kind of real contenders in this league. But if they can make a move at the trade deadline, that'd be perfect. So we got to watch out for what this team is going to do. All right, and then the last game of the night, Wizards, Lakers, the Wizards able to win. So we've got a little highlight package here. So let's watch the last 40 seconds in overtime because we saw a lot of clutchness and a lot not in a lot of not clutchness in the last 40 seconds here. So Wizards up 125-121 with 40 seconds left in overtime. Lakers have the ball. LeBron James gives it to KCP. He hits a three to bring it to a one-point game on the following inbound. Wizards. Russell Westbrook drives to the bucket, gets the and one, and gets it to fall. So now the late the Wizards are up three points. Russell Westbrook at the line to kind of ice the game to make it a two-possession, four-point lead. But what does Russell Westbrook do? He misses it. Once again, just the true 50-50 of Russell Westbrook. Great to attack the bucket on that play and get the foul and get the bucket, get the and one. So that's all great. But then you missed a kind of game-sealing free throw. Not great. It's truly 50-50 up and down with Russell Westbrook. Ugh. I wish he could just make make it 60-40 and we'll be good. Just these true 50-50 swings are not great. So, Russell Westbrook misses a free throw. Now the Lakers are only down three. They're pushing the ball with nine seconds left. LeBron James, he tries a pull-up three, and it's a big old clunker. It's a big old clunker, big old brick. And we know LeBron James has not been great at shooting the three here for the last kind of last two weeks. Do I dare say an entire month of February? But the uh, definitely at least these last two weeks, he's really not been shooting great from the three we'll look at what his official threes were from this game when we look at the stats but LeBron James not being clutch unfortunate Russell Westbrook not being clutch unfortunate uh, LeBron James 
If they got Dennis Schroeder, if they got Anthony Davis, they're not losing all these games. So, you know, we're not panicking. I mean, I see everybody in the media saying, oh, my God, the Lakers are done and the Lakers are this and that. Folks, they don't have two of their big three. Can you all relax? They weren't even that deep to begin with, honestly. And now you lose two starters, you're going to become even less deep. So that's what the Lakers are going through right now. LeBron James can't do it all. We know this. We see this in his entire career. He can't do it all himself because he's literally carrying garbage wherever he goes into the playoffs. But um, not, not a great loss here by the Lakers. Especially since they had a, a pretty decent lead here th kind of throughout the entire game until the kind of that fourth quarter hit. Alrighty, let's go to the highlights now, or the uh, the stats now. We'll start here with the Wizards. The winning team, Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook did it all, folks. Russell Westbrook, 32 points, 9 assists, 14 rebounds on 52% shooting. And look at that, folks. Look at this stat right here. Two turnovers. Let's give it up for Russell Westbrook, folks. A complete game with only two turnovers. I cannot believe it. What a freaking performance in 44 minutes as well the man was never tired throwing the ball away yes sir so great night bite Russell Westbrook love seeing that now the only knock he shot 50% from the free throw line Ugh. so we can't even have a true complete game but we're gonna ignore it because it was a great performance so fantastic performance by Russell Westbrook Bradley Beal, 33 points, 6 assists, 7 rebounds on 50% shooting. Once again, we always can count on, you know, Bradley Beal. That's never a question mark there. Moritz Wagner there at the 5, 6 points, 1 rebound, 3 assists. Rui Hachimura still putting up 15 points and 6 rebounds. Garrison Matthew, 8 points, 3 rebounds. And then off the bench, Robin Lopez was still able to kind of get it done. 13 points, a plus 16, and the plus minus handling the down low beef. Um, or kind of, you know, the lack of beef that the Lakers had. And he had good success, good success on the points department, 13, and he was a plus 16 in the plus minus. So great defense there by him as well. All righty, so that was kind of it. That was kind of it by the uh, by the Wizards. Great performance by the one and two there, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, and they got some solid contributions from everybody else. You know, bench, decent contributions. David Burton's eight points. David Avija, eight points, eight rebounds. And as we said, Robin Lopez, the 13 burger. Alrighty, the Lakers now. Who did not step up? We see LeBron James, 31 points, 13 assists, 9 rebounds. He shot 2 of 10 from 3. So, once again, just continuing on, not hitting the 3. But everything else was pretty good. Shot 48%, 31 points, 13 assists, 9 rebounds. So, all that was good. He did have 8 turnovers, though. That's a, kind of a lot, though. Uh, so, kind of LeBron, not clutch. Kind of great stats here, but this is what we know. LeBron James, he can put up these performances, but he just does need somebody else uh, to step it up, and really nobody else did. Kyle Kuzma, 14 points, 11 rebounds on 31% shooting, 4 of 11 from 3. Not the worst, not the worst. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, decent performance here at the 4. Marcus All, 7 points, 5 rebounds. Meh. KCP, 21 points. Three rebounds, that's fantastic. That's what you need when they don't have their other big two here of AD and Dennis Schroeder. Somebody has to start stepping up the scoring. And luckily, KCP did that for the starters. And then Montres Harold. This is why this man deserves to be a freaking six-man-of-the-year candidate. 26 points, nine rebounds. Yes, sir. You need to elevate this man into the starting lineup. That's what I want to see. This is how the Lakers stop this skid without Anthony Davis. Move Montres Harold to the five. Move Mark Gasol to the bench and have him run with those guys down there. But uh, Montres Harold should be a starter here. 
And then Alex Caruso off the bench as well, 11 points, 4 rebounds. So not bad performances all around by everybody on the squad. They just lose by 3 in overtime, unfortunately. Just couldn't be clutch this Lakers team, and it's a little unfortunate. Alrighty, so that was all the NBA from last night. Let's see what's on deck today. Do our moneymaker. Let's see. We got primetime nationally televised games on tonight. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Alrighty, we got Hawks, Cavs. We got Pistons, Magic, Kings, Nets, Warriors, Knicks. Ooh, this Warriors, Knicks game. Hang on, hang on. We're going to call this right now. We're going to call this right now. Warriors, Knicks. We had Warriors as the number 10 team from our last power rankings last Friday. Then we moved the Knicks into that number 10 spot yesterday on the show. Was it yesterday? Yesterday or Sunday on the show? I think it was yesterday. Either way, we moved the Knicks into that and into that number 10 spot. So whoever wins this game will be the number 10 seed again. So it's, if the Knicks win it, they stay the 10 seed. If the Warriors win it, I'll give the Warriors back their 10 seed that we just took away from them. So they're facing here two previous number 10 seeds all in the last kind of two days here on the show. So winner take all for the 10 seed on tonight. We'll see who gets it. Um, hopefully that makes everybody play better. I'm sure, I'm sure I'm sure they'll all be playing at their tip-top shape knowing that we just said that. Alrighty, 76ers and the Raptors. That's going to be a great game. Once again, Raptors, another kind of big performance here. They just beat the 76ers the other night. Can they do it again? We uh, Did we move the Raptors because of the... Uh, hang, on, hang on, hang on. Did we move the Raptors into the top 10? Oh, we moved the Raptors into the top 10. That was right. All right, so we take that narrative back. Just erase kind of what we said about that Warriors-Knicks team. Uh, we moved the Raptors into the top 10. And this game, these two games will not control the number 10 seed. So we were wrong there. Unfortunate. Um, unfortunate. <laughs> um, all right. Let's keep moving on here. Celtics-Mavs, that's the first nationally televised game. This should be a good one. Should be a decent competition here for both these teams. Can the Celtics uh, continue on track here? Can they get another win? Same thing with the Mavs. So 7.30 on TNT. Mavs, Celtics, Mavs at home. Should be a great one. T-Wolves, Bucks, and then at 10 o'clock, we got Blazers and Nuggets. I mean, folks, what we just saw last night, we may be taking the Nuggets plus or minus kind of a lot of points here. We'll see. And then Wizards in a back-to-back against the Clippers still in L.A. Can they knock off both L.A. teams? Probably not because Clippers are probably playing everybody. Alrighty, so let's uh, go to DraftKings. Let's get a freaking, folks, we take four teamers, we hit three. We take three teamers, we hit two. We take two teamers, we hit one. It's super frustrating. One off every single time. It doesn't, if we take a 10-teamer, we'll hit, we'll hit nine of the 10. So, unfortunate there. But let's get back on track here. Let's hit a moneymaker. Let's hit it. Let's hit it. All right, let's get the good value here. Where is the great value? I'm ready to sniff it out. Here we go. First game, Hawks, Cavs. Hawks minus 7.5, Cavs plus 7.5. Now, Hawks just played uh, two nights ago, and they lost. Did they lose? What happened? Sunday? Sunday, the Hawks... They won against the Nuggets. Great win there. So, coming off a nice little game win streak by them. Let's see if everybody's good to go for this Hawks team tonight. Don't know if I'm confident swallowing seven, though, with this Hawks team. Even though they're going against the Cavs and the the Cavs are on a dead game losing streak. Uh, Rondo, game time decision. Chris Dunn out. Bogdan Bogdanovich out. Cam Reddish, game time decision with an Achilles. Ooh, probably won't push that. All right, out for the Cavs. 
Uh, Tron Prince, game time decision, but the usual suspects for the Cavs are all still out. So, um, Andre Drummond is out as well for the Cavs. So, Hawks minus seven. It's not bad value here because we know the Cavs are just absolute trash. Um, they are on the 10-game losing streak. Is this correct? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, 10-game losing streak, 0-10 in their last time. Woof, can they break it, though? So, we're going to stay away from that because, you know, the Cavs, I mean, if you lose 10 straight games, Games. I mean, you've got to, you know, step it up some point. So we're going to stay away from it. I love the Hawks. I'm not ready to start to kind of love them as much as we did kind of earlier in the season. So we'll stay away from it. Seven's not really that great value to swallow anyway. So we'll stay away from this one. Not any great value there. Pistons, Magic, Pistons plus three and a half, Magic minus three and a half. And this isn't bad for the Magic. I mean, we've been riding them a little bit these last couple of games. What's their win streak officially? I think at least like two or three. Three, five and five in the last ten. So very, very well done. Pistons still kind of floundering a little bit. Three-game losing streak, three and seven in their last ten. So uh, this Magic team, everybody good to go? Because we may be having some Vucevic here. Aaron Gordon now, we already know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody is good to go for this Magic team. So let's ride the Magic again. Only have to swallow three and a half. They usually do good against the bottom half team. So this Pistons team is nothing special. Magic can get it done. They didn't just face, did they? Yes, they did. Oh, yeah. I, I was I was thinking that. I was like, didn't we just take the Magic minus three or minus four and a half against the same team so yeah this was part of our money maker on last sunday the 21st we took the magic it was either like minus three four and a half something like that and they went by nine so yeah i think they can do it again and they're still at home they're still at home so yeah it's magic minus three and a half let's take it again let's take it again it hit the first time should hit this time Already Kings in the Nets. No points here by the Nets, unfortunately, so no great value. But only minus six and a half here for the Nets. Let's make sure if Kyrie Irving and James Harden are both playing, I think I'll feel confident taking minus six and a half against the Kings. This Kings team is not what they used to be. Folks, they've lost their magic. Uh, Kevin Durant is out. We knew that. Um, and everything's good to go. Timothy Luawe Cabre is a game time decision, but we're going to rock with this Nets team. I think this is the first time we're swallowing the points with the Nets. We're not usually used to that, but uh, against this Kings team, they're floundering, folks. They're floundering, and until they start to kind of rise it up again, I think they're on like a seven-game losing streak. They're not as bad as the Cavs, but they are starting to get there. Uh, so Kings, seven-game losing streak. Yeah, so we'll swallow the six and a half here. Kyrie, James Harden, get it done. Warriors Knicks Knicks plus three Oof, man oh man should we be taking this let's see if everybody's good here for the magic or for the Knicks and the Warriors for the Warriors Steph Curry game time decision I'm sure he plays um, and that's really it so we know Draymond Green's gonna play for the Knicks Austin Rivers game time decision he hasn't even been really playing even when he's been <laughs> available to play so this is going to be a real close one, folks. Knicks, I want to see them play one more game until we start buying them a lot more. We do need to start seeing their bench be play a little bit more consistently than what they've been playing. Um, we've seen a couple of games where everybody really on that bench is floundering, but they still get the win kind of coming out very small win there. So, Knicks plus three. I think it's decent value. Don't get me wrong, but I think we'll stay away from it. Let's see how it pans out, and we'll use that information come, you know, couple games down the road and we can use it to kind of win some bets later on all righty 76ers Raptors Raptors plus half point and a half and kind of like uh the magic and the 
Pistons, this Raptors and 76ers are playing again, all with the same scenarios, Raptors at home. So we're going to stay away from Raptors and the 76ers here. Don't feel too confident. I do I do know the 76ers can be really good. The reason why we're taking the Magic again, minus 3.5 against the Pistons, because we know the Pistons are really kind of always tr- always trash. Where we know the 76ers, they can win whenever they want, honestly. If, if they When they go against the best teams in the league, I give them a 50-50 chance of winning every single game. So, going to stay away from it. This is going to be the true test. I know this, this is what we said the first time they faced the Raptors and the 76ers on Sunday, that this Raptors, this was the true test. But now this is a true, true test. You beat them the first meeting. Can you do it again two times in a row? We'll see what happens. But uh, Raptors at number 10 in our power rankings. This is going to kind of hang in the balance here. Celtics, Mavs. This is the nationally televised games. Mavs plus two, Celtics minus two. Let's see if everybody's good to go for the Celtics team. Obviously, we know still no Marcus Smart, unfortunately. But is Kemba Walker good? Yes, sir. Everybody's good to go for the Celtics. And Chris Porzingis is still a game time decision. Now, they are on a back to back, so I'm assuming Chris Porzingis plays. And if he plays, do you think Tristan Thompson is going to be able to kind of lock him up a little bit? Probably not, but don't think there's any great value here. I This game really could go either way, especially if Chris Porzingis doesn't play. Really could go either way at that point, so we'll stay away from this one. Not any great value here. Timberwolves, Bucks. Once again, Bucks minus 10.5 will never swallow any points with the Bucks. I don't care. I do not care. They can face the Kings. They can face the Pistons and be minus 17. I'm not taking it. Can never trust this Bucks team in a game in, game out basis. And Timberwolves plus 10.5, folks, we might take that. Give us those points. Shoot. If everybody's good to go here for the Timberwolves. Uh, still, D'Angelo Russell is still out. That's really it. For the box, Drew Holiday's out. Jalen Adams out. So, man, Timberwolves plus 10.5. New coach? New momentum, possibly? I want to take the Timberwolves plus 10.5, but let's see them get back on track and start winning games and be still be competitive with this new coach. So, we'll stay away from this game. But I do kind of want to take the, t- the Timberwolves plus 10.5. Kind of like how I wanted to take the Hornets plus 12.5 last night. But we stay away from it. We'll stay away from it. We'll use this game as judgment come, you know, further bets down the road. But uh, Timberwolves plus 10.5. It's interesting. It's interesting. All right. Let's keep moving on here. Clippers, Wizards. Wizards plus t- 12. Not going to kind of double down on this Wizards team, especially against this Clippers team. I'm assuming everybody's good to go for this Clippers team. Um, what do we got? What do we got? Everybody, everybody's really kind of good for the Wizards. The usual suspects are out, but, uh, uh, yeah, so everybody's going to go for the Clippers and the Wizards. Wizards riding a big old win over the Lakers, but they didn't have two of their main pieces. That's kind of why they won. So we'll stay away from this one. And then the last game of the night, last game of the night, Blazers, Nuggets. Let's see if everybody's going to go for this Nuggets team because we know the Nuggets have been floundering when... Paul Millsap is still out. That's a big out. Gary Harris is still out. P.J. Dozier is still out. So not great. For the Blazers, it's just the usual suspect. So I think we're going to take the six here by the Blazers. This is going to round out our moneymaker. We cannot trust this Nuggets team. We know Michael Porter Jr. doesn't step it up. Um, it's really just Jamal Murray at this point. Jamal Murray and Jokic, can the Blazers maintain those two? It's going to be a little tough to maintain Jokic, absolutely. But um, the supporting cast of this Nuggets and the way that the Blazers got blown out last night, we'll take the six here and live with it. So hopefully the Blazers don't bite, bite us back in the butt here. 
We'll take the Magic minus three and a half, Nets minus six and a half, and Blazers plus six. Let's get this money maker back on track, folks. Here it is. Alrighty, let's kind of go to our two main topics of the day. The first one is going to be our NBA player spotlight. Here we go. Chris Paul is the man today. It is a little tough to do these because nobody is posting like the first third of the season highlights. So it's a little, little tough here to find nice highlight packages. I think we only got like a three-minute highlight package. So we'll go over this kind of quickly um, and we'll kind of fine-tune it because we got to start doing something else uh, just because I'm not really finding any great highlight package of this season and that's what the the spotlight's supposed to be i want to show you what he's doing this season what we what we are seeing what we are talking about on a kind of daily basis when we talk about some of these teams so unfortunate there but little three minute highlight clip but let's get back to it here Chris Paul this season averaging only 16 points. I thought that was a little little low. We we look at him every game. I thought it would be a little higher than that, and it's a little below of what he's doing for his career, which is a little interesting. But he is still playing great. You got I know the stats aren't really lining up, but uh, so 16 points, four rebounds, eight assists. The points and the assists are a little bit lower than his career. He's averaging for his career 18 points, 4 rebounds, and 9 assists. So it is it is kind of interesting that he's a little bit lighter here. It's not like when I watch him on a game-to-game -game basis, it's looking like he's actually doing kind of the best in his career, honestly. So I was a little surprised when we looked up the official stats, but his field goal percentage is a little bit better, kind of a uh, uh, point and a half better percentage-wise. This season, 48.5% overall for his career, 47%. So the shooting percentage is a little bit better and same thing with the, th the three-point shooting it's actually a lot better 39.5 percent this season and 30 percent overall for his career so his shooting is better that's probably why he's looking kind of better than just kind of his total career but still great numbers here still eight assists still getting it done still facilitating the floor and getting all that so the stats not kind of lining up with what we're seeing on the film but still decent stats here by Chris Paul Alrighty, we get like we said, it's only like a three-minute little highlight clip here, so and nothing here in the last month. So once again, truly unfortunate. We'll try to fix it, kind of, kind of tweak it around a little bit. This kind of our you know Tuesday Thursday topic of NBA player spotlights, uh, just because we need a little bit better highlight packages here of this season. We're not really getting it, but here we go. The fifth week of Chris Paul's career in 2020-2021 season. Let's see what he's doing here. So here we go. Nice little toy there, dribble. I mean, the mid-range has always been there, and it's still here this season. We know this. It's absolutely fantastic. We see him putting up 30-point games, and it's all because of this right here as well. Three-pointers, he can hit it. CP3, CP3-pointer, that's his nickname, folks. Come on. And then the lob to DeAndre Ayton. This is what the man can do. Lob City has been brought to Phoenix, folks. There it is. Chris Paul to DeAndre Ayton. He can still shoot. He, I mean, literally, those first three players are everything that we kind of have to <laughs> kind of have to show you. The mid-range play. Um, you know the the a lot of dribbles you have to play him you have to respect what he can do because he can still blow by you in this kind of older age here in this league he can hit the three in your face he can lob it up so these first three plays are kind of everything that we needed to show you but let's see what the the last kind of still two minutes are here Chris Paul mid-range the mid-range J is still there folks still there here we go. And look at that. The mini step back. That's why you have to respect wherever he is on the floor. That's why you can't give him too much space because look at this. He's just dropping some defenders here. There it is. Little boom, boom, behind the mat, back, and then cash out. Cash out. Yes, sir. All right. Bigger defender on him. That looks like John Morant. 
decent defense, but Chris Paul hits it right over him. Here it is, the mid-range J. DeMarcus Cousins can't get there quick enough, and he's just going to cash out all this time working over DeMarcus Cousins. Bigger defenders, it doesn't matter. He's got the height. He's got kind of the trajectory on the shot, and look at this, just in the face of this Rockets defender right there, three-pointer cashing out. Yes, sir, the pick-and-roll game, DeAndre Ayton. There it is. Here it is. Bingo, bango. This is why you have to respect Chris Paul's three. You got to respect the lobs because it's, it's going to be open. All, everything's going to be open. Whatever they want, they can do. They, they're just toying with these defenses. Once again, over Joe Kick down low. Chris Paul lobbing it up to DeAndre Ayton. This is what we're talking about. Great stuff here between the big three. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. Another mid-range J from Chris Paul over kind of the big beef there in Denver. Once again, DeAndre Ayton eating on the glass there. The nice lob and finish by DeAndre Ayton. Chris Paul taking it to the rack himself. He doesn't need a lob. He can kind of absorb the contact by Jamal Murray and still get it, get the ball over him. The high pick and roll once again. I mean, Jokic on Chris Paul is obviously a mismatch. Jamal Murray can't get back in time because of the great screen by DeAndre Ayton. Once again, the pick and roll. This time he decides to shoot it. Nobody can guard this man. Bigger defenders, smaller defenders, same size defenders. It does not matter. And then the passing ability. Chris Paul sees the vision. It's wide open. Trusts his teammates. That's cash out. That's why the Thunder were so good last season because Chris Paul was elevating everybody else's play. DeAndre Ayton down low. Not a lob, but still a nice little dump off down low. Here it is. Driving baseline. Nobody sticks with him because he's just got so much in his game. You literally cannot guard everything he can do. So they take away just kind of the just kind of the easy layup. They force a little bit of a kind of paint jumper easy for Chris Paul. And once again, great job by DeAndre Ayton to kind of seal that block off as well. Everybody plays so well on this team. Toying with the defenders there. Pulls up right in his face. No worries for the three. Just kind of slow kind of dribble. Drive a little bit. Letting the play play out. This is why he's so good because, I mean, just watch this one again. Just slowing everything down. Just slow it down. Dribble, dribble, dribble. Alright, let's go a little forward. Alright, now we got the favorable matchup uh, the defender kind of sold the flop a little bit and Chris Paul takes advantage with the shot another mid-range jumper there easy money toying with Jamal Murray again DeAndre Ayton comes up for the screen and they still both stick on him and what does he do he's like I'm gonna take over the game because we're down one with only two minutes left let me hit the game winning shot there bingo bango and now here it is again now we get an actual potential game winning shot um, Suns only up one here 16 seconds left. Chris Paul drives. Once again, nobody can pick him up. Jokic is sagging off so hard on this man off the pick and roll. And that's already too much space. And he kind of ices the game there, elevating the play to three. And now in overtime, they're down one. Chris Paul step back, cash out. Yes, sir. Taking over the game, being clutch. That's what we know Chris Paul can still do. Clutch Paul three. Yes, sir. Another, another mid-range there. So the man can get it done. He can score. He can pass. He can dribble. He can drive. He still can do everything. And what is this man's year? How? What is this man's year? What is it? What is it? How many years he's got? It doesn't show us quickly. Mm, I want to say 15th. 15th year. Here we go. We got to count them, I guess. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 
11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years in the league, folks. Yes, sir. Chris Paul is still getting it done, still elevating teams. Did it last year with the Thunder, got them in the playoffs with that kind of lackluster roster, see what they're doing this year, and everybody's still kind of there where Chris Paul was, and now he transfers over to the Suns this year. They've already got great pieces, and he's just the addition, the facilitator, and he's still getting it done. So Chris Paul, yes, sir. Cash in, cash out, CP3, whatever you want to call him, point God, he's the fantastic, he's still great. Yes, sir. All right, so that was our player spotlight in the NBA. Do that every Tuesday, Thursday. We'll try and do something a little bit different. we got to get better highlight packages. So can y'all start doing highlight packages for this season alone, please? Give us something. Can y'all sh- give us the, the, uh, the, uh, the content we need for this show to run smoothly, please? All right. And then our final topic of the day is our NFL draft prospect of the day. We are on day nine of 73 day countdown until the NFL draft where we will be going live night one of the NBA of the NFL draft watching the round one results play out live. So come join takes by five. By fans here at twitch.tv slash takes by fans on draft night. We will be here. I want to hear from y'all. Uh, is our teams that we root for in love and you know invest four straight months, four or five straight months um, into are they making the right decision? So come out and watch that on draft night. But to get us ready, we still got to um, we still got to see a couple more draft prospects here. So here we go. The draft prospect of today is Caleb Farley, cornerback from Virginia Tech. Here he is. All righty. A 6'2", 207 cornerback. He's got the great height. 6'2", is great height for a cornerback. So he's got some, you know, tangibles here. He's got kind of the, uh, the height, the physique of a cornerback. Love seeing that. He played two seasons in Virginia Tech, opted out of the 2020 season, unfortunately, so we don't get kind of, you know, what have you done for us lately. He also did not play in the bowl game in 2019. Once again, just, you know, we love to watch bowl games. We love what you did this season. So a little kind of early knocks on Caleb Farley opting out of 2020. I don't care. I mean, you make the decision. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I respect whatever you do. So I'm not knocking him for that. Not playing in the bowl game because he was a little injured. So he did not play the 2020 season, and he did not play the bowl game in 2019 because of back spasms, unfortunately. So the only bowl game that he played in was 2018. So we'll look at that a little bit. Um, just to say, that's why we're not going to go back and film in your freshman year and watch the bowl game because uh, that's really not going to show us anything. So we've got some nice highlights of him. We also have a his last game that he ever played in 2019. We'll kind of watch that game kind of in totality, just kind of focusing on what he's doing on kind of regular plays. These aren't highlight plays, but what is he doing kind of in totality on the field? Is he still covering these wide receivers? Is he getting burned? We got to watch all of that. So we got his last play, his last game in 2019, his very last college game he played. We've got some highlights of that or kind of the entire game of that. So. We'll go through that as well. But let's start here with the stats before we get into all the films. So here we go. His freshman season, he had 36 total tackles, one tackle for a loss, one sacks, two interceptions as a cornerback. Very well done in seven pass defenses. So once again, kind of decent stats here for this man, especially his freshman year. Now in 2019, he steps it up even more. Uh, What do we got here? The tackles came down a little bit, but four interceptions. 
a touchdown, so a pick six, very well done. 12 pass defenses, so getting better as a kind of true cover corner. So very well done by this man. And like like we said, we do kind of take bowl games into kind of heavy consideration. So he does only have one bowl game, unfortunately. So let's look at that. What did he do in 2018's bowl game when they face Cincinnati, I believe? Was this the military bowl game? I think it was military bowl game. Military Bowl in 2018. So they end up losing the game. What did he do? Anything? Four tackles. No interceptions. No pass defenses. So a little lackluster in his first bowl game. So we're not going to go and watch that and kind of, you know, hanker down on, you know, what you did your freshman year because you obviously gotten better since then. So. We are going to take a look at a little bit in in a little bit deeper his 2019 last game. So we'll kind of take this as kind of his bowl game, the very last game he played because he didn't really finish out the season with back spasms, unfortunately. So we're taking this game, Virginia Tech against Pittsburgh, uh, November 23rd, 2019. We're going to kind of take that as kind of, you know, the gospel a little bit. You know, what the last thing you've put on tape. So his very last game, they get the win. Very well done. One total tackle, no interceptions, one pass defense in his last game. So, all right, all right, not the greatest. So, can't really, you know, rely too heavy on stats for, you know, defense positions. We've got to see how you're doing on the field. So, let's get right into these highlights now. We got a nice little 2019 highlight package and then we've got just a, a random highlight package don't know what's in here don't know if we're gonna get the same plays or not if we do we'll skip over them or if they're so good we'll watch them again and then as we said we've got the Pittsburgh Virginia Tech game that we're just gonna watch him on defense so here we go uh, he is number three as well so kind of easy to point out a little bit so here we go what he did in 2019 let's start here nice little three minute highlight clip so here we go all right, first play. Oh, are we going to start with the pick six on the first play? That's the pick. Great pressure by the by the defense in the end zone. And we're going to start off big with his only pick six of his collegiate career. Yes, sir. Let's watch this one more time. Great defense there by everybody. He's in position. He jumps the route a little bit, finds the ball, and then is able to kind of return it all the way for the touchdown. Yes, sir. All right. That's how you start off a highlight package, folks. Looking at his only pick six of his career. Wow, well done. Great job there. I mean, that's great. Oh, I mean, by defense, it takes everybody doing their job. So everybody did their job on this play, forced a bad throw, and he's able to capitalize for the pick six. Alrighty, against Miami, they're going deep, and wow, look at this coverage on this man, yo, he is right on him, there is no separation there, this is clean technique, he's not even doing it with his hands, he's just kind of running into him with the, the, with the body, just kind of boxing him out a little bit, fantastic technique, and he's able to get the pick because of it, don't know what this quarterback was thinking, trying to challenge, don't you dare challenge Caleb Farley, what are you nuts, what are you nuts, so fantastic work there, gets the interception in the end zone, yes sir, great coverage alrighty another play overthrown ball and he just tracks it down yes sir this man's got some great hands absolutely fantastic you know you know why uh, you know people are on defense players are on defense playing defensive backs because they can't catch this one's a pretty good catch right here yes it's wide open and yes there's really you know nobody has to kind of jump over to get it but hey still being in the right place at the right time we're not going to knock you on it takes advantage of the overthrow taking advantage doing what you're supposed to do we're never going to knock you for that so a great hawk down of the ball there yes sir 
Just watch it one more time. It's just a plain overthrow. That's all it is. Plain overthrow. And he's there. All righty. Here we go. Once again, in the red zone against Miami, Virginia Tech. And there he is. He jumps the route. Yes, sir. Just reads it all kind of day long. Knows he's coming out. Sees the ball and undercuts the route. This is fantastic coverage in the red zone. Just undercutting routes. Not allowing you to score. Fourth and goal. Locking it up. Yes, sir. This man's fantastic already. I'm loving him. I'm loving him. Alrighty, what do we got here against Wake Forest? About to pick off a Wake Forest guy. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, great coverage. Kind of a little bit of a comeback route on the outside. He's right on him. This man is right on every single receiver. He is not letting anybody get any separation. And I know these are highlight packages, folks. I mean, I got clowned the other the, uh, the other day because we watched the guy in high school and we saw only a minute highlight clip in the four or five plays that we saw we liked and we got clowned for that. So, yes, I understand these are highlights, folks. I, I fully am aware of that, all right? That's why we're bringing up another game to kind of see what he's doing in totality. I get it, but we look at highlights on the show, so forgive us for liking highlights lights jesus christ all right back to this one back to this one little rant there i didn't want to even want to bring it up today on the show but here we here we are but back to caleb fairly there it is look at this man here it is i mean this throw looks like it was going to be complete but the you know just kind of the end of the play just coming in and knocking it out very very well done what was this third and goal so now they have to settle for a, a field goal which they probably would have had to do anyway but because he was going to bring him down right at the two-yard line. But punching the ball out, very well done. Yes, sir. Not everything's going to be a pick. Things are going to be incomplete. So, yes, sir. Oh, man, what happened here? All right, let's watch this one. Throw over the middle. And he's just in perfect position. And it looks like he knocked it away. Do we? Oh, yes, we do get another slowdown angle of this. High throw. I don't know if he knocked it away or if he just kind of got his hand in the way. You know, kind of blocking the view of the receiver as the ball is coming into his hands. But either way, it's good defense. It, it is an incompletion, and he is right there on the receiver. So, good play there. Alrighty, against Pittsburgh. Is this the game we're watching? Possibly the game we're watching here a little bit later. Let's watch this one one more time. Nice little pass defense. Once again, it looks like the receiver is able to catch it for a split second, but he comes over and just knocks it out. Great kind of um, ball focus coming in, punching it out. Great technique. All right, against Old Dominion and in the red zone again, in the end zone, getting it done, not letting any points be scored on him and just breaking up the ball. Yes, sir. And this is on fourth and 18, too, for a potential win. I mean, they're getting absolutely blown out 31-17, so they have to do something. They go for it all, and this is just great by him. He probably could have picked this one off, uh, too, but this is great coverage right on the receiver, breaking it up in the red zone. What more do y'all want to see? I mean, that's exactly what you want to see, and right here, look at at this man locking him up the receiver doesn't even have like a half a step on him he is running step for step and just plays the ball at the last second look at wow he's watching him this is great technique yes he doesn't get the head around but he sees the receiver's arms go up so he puts his arms up that's how you do it. If you don't get your head around, you got to play the receiver and play, you know, when his hands go up, that's when he knows the ball's coming. So he's just got great focus. He's right on him. Look at that. There is no separation there. And he gets the hands up right in time. That's great work. 
Alrighty, against Miami again. They're going deep. And yes, sir. Yo, this man is fantastic. He is always, once again, there is no separation here. I don't know what the uh, the quarterback is thinking throwing to this man. There is no separation on any of these receivers. This Miami quarterback, we got to make a note of him. Do not take this Miami quarterback. I don't even know if he's draft eligible or not. He's probably not, but this Miami quarterback, he is throwing it into very, very solid coverage every single time. Time, so Miami quarterback cannot play. Let's just focus that on there. Just in case we run into him in, you know, our 73-day countdown, we cannot trust the Miami quarterback. He cannot play. Um, and then let's also make the note that this man is cover his coverage abilities, his cover skills are fantastic. Cover skills are great. Whew. This is the first cornerback we on our kind of 73-day journey of looking at NFL draft prospects. So he's the best cornerback we've seen so far. His cover skills are magnificent. Let's keep it up here. Can he round out this last minute of being still fantastic of this highlight package? Let's find out. Miami's draft stock is not going, going to go up, though. The quarterback, woof, not great play here. Right there, coming back to the ball. Right there, I mean, this is just an out route. He's playing deeper. He's not even pressing him. Here he is right here. Right there, just backing up, backing up. Now he goes and plays the ball. He sees it's a comeback route, goes and attacks the ball and the receiver, knocks it out of his hands or breaks up the ball, whatever it is. He's getting his body on the receiver to make him drop the ball. Once again, great technique there. He wasn't even pr playing press man, and he's able to recover quickly. All right, against North Carolina once again, and there it is again. Here it is. Here he is. Right on him, attacks the ball, sees the ball coming out of the quarterback's hands, goes and attacks the receivers, and makes a breakup on the ball. Oh, we're getting into quarterback sack category. Yes, sir. A quarterback blitz by this man. He can do it all. Here he is, just instantly blitzing, not letting the quarterback do anything, bringing him down right at the line of scrimmage. Very well done there. The man can blitz as well. Love seeing that. Yes, sir. Bringing him down. Kind of, you know, once again, kind of just, you know, stopping that edge, forcing him to do a little hesitation, and then goes and attacks him. Well, very well done there. Very well done. Alrighty, against Boston College in the red zone. Yes, sir. Breaks up the ball right at the end here. Looks like the receiver got two hands on it, but this man's fantastic, and he just knocks it out at literally the last second before he can truly secure the ball. Get the touchdown. This man is there to break it up. He's a heavy hitter. He is always super close to all of his receivers. So if they do get a half a step, and this looks like it was more of like a zone coverage. Doesn't look like that there was really anybody on this man. But he's the one that goes and makes the big old hit there. That's a great ball. I want to say this is a great ball by Boston College quarterback. Maybe we got to start respecting him a little bit more. But that's a tight throw to put it in. And he put it right on the money. And then Caleb Fairley just comes over and knocks it, knocks, knocks it out, knocks it out. So great play by the quarterback and the defender here of Caleb Fairley. That's a great highlight package. I'll, t I'll give it to him. Very well done. Caleb Fairley. Fantastic. Um, do we even need to watch this one? Let's see this highlight package as well. If we start seeing like the same plays over and over again, we'll move on. But, uh, all right. I think this one's new. Yes, sir. We haven't seen this one. This could possibly be from 2018. This is not just uh, strictly alone to 2019 in the title. So here it is. Once again, look at the coverage actually kind of running out in front of the receiver. This is how good his coverage is. He's like, hey, I'm going to run the route for you because I know it's coming right over the middle. And then I'm going to go make the catch that you were supposed to make. But on the defense, baby, Caleb Farley. Ooh, bruh. He is locking up everybody. 
Woof, I'm loving it. Right there. Look at this man. All over the receiver. Can't even get a night. This is the safety valve route. This is the safety valve route. Just coming back to the ball. And Caleb Fairley is always there. And he can't even get one foot inbounds on the sideline. That's how much pressure. And that's how much, you know, kind of up on the uh, receiver he is. Look at this man come in and fly in and make a play on the ball. Just kind of zone coverage. Um, lets the man pass right by him. Because that's not his zone anymore. And then comes up and makes an absolute great hit. Yet. It's a completion, but it only goes for about five yards and not more than that because, you know, he, Caleb Farley is there to hit the stick on him. Fantastic. Woof. I'm a big fan of this man already, y'all. Caleb Fairley, get this man on my team. Let me <laughs> draft this man at number three. <laughs> Very well done there. Just comes up and makes a play. This is a screen play, and he does, he, nobody blocks him because he, he comes in quick. And then he makes a great hit. Well done. Not letting, It's third and eight. If he doesn't make this tackle, he, the man picks up the first down. The man picks up the first down. Caleb Fairley can do it all, folks. Woof. He's not looking 6'2 out there, though. That's that's probably our one knock on him. I don't know if he's truly 6'2. I, I don't know. He is kind of looking a little smaller out there. Not too small, but like six foot tall, not 6'2 tall, though. Mm. So we'll see. Maybe on his combine, let's see what he's doing. Let's see what his official measurements will be. But 6'2", I'm, I'm having a hard time believing it. Look at this man. S number six here. He's looking a little taller. Is he a tight end? Mm, maybe tight end or running back. But, yeah, 6'2". I don't know for Caleb Fairley. That may be a little uh, embellishment. But he comes up here, makes a fantastic hit, knocks the ball loose. Yes, man. This man... This man knows how to hit. He knows how to hit. Knows how to charge the ball loose. He's got great technique. Now we're going against Miami again. We've seen this one. He's just got great positioning, folks. He's got great positioning. Once again, this is the FSU play that was fantastically thrown, or the Boston College play that was perfectly thrown, but him just breaking it up even better. Wish we got it like a back angle replay of that one. Unfortunate. Um, alrighty, what do we got for this one? Uh, this is the overthrown ball. So now we're starting to get some of the double highlights that we've seen already. We may move on. Let's see what this one is. This is the pick. Or this is a, yeah, so we're starting to see the same ones. So we can move on. I do kind of want to quickly go through this one. I know there's 17 minutes. We're not even going to come close to watching all 17 minutes of this. But I just kind of want to see how is he looking on defense. This is his last game he ever played in college. So we kind of have to take this one as, you know, his totality since he's now in the league and will never play in college again. So this is kind of the last game. What is he doing? So we're going to kind of watch what he's doing on defense. Just kind of following him around a little bit. He's number three. Let's see how he's doing in kind of regular plays that aren't highlights is he still kind of right on on these receivers like we've been seeing all the long or is he kind of getting burned on some plays so let's see what he's doing kind of just game scenarios let's see if we can kind of start finding him a little bit here number three not him is that him over the top here number three looks like he's playing on the right side of the field possibly so on the left side nothing great there didn't see him. So let's move to their next defensive possession here. Alrighty, they should be on defense now. Caleb Fairley, here he is. Number three, great coverage. And they have to go to a deeper route because of him. So very well done. Great coverage there. Alright, they're back on offense now. 
Alrighty, now they're at midfield. Can Caleb Fairley help him lock it up here? He's coming off the blitz. He's coming off the blitz. Oh, look at this man. Once again, another corner blitz here, and he gets there. He kind of gets there. He helps pressure the quarterback to throw it poorly on third and 12, help the incompletion. So I'm liking his blitzing ability too. So he's a great cover corner. He can blitz too. We're loving. We're loving this man. Blitzes, blitzes are great. Should we say good? We've only seen two, and they've been good. So we'll say good. We won't say great yet. We may have to update our notes, but so far, super good. Super good. Forces the punt. I doubt Caleb Fairley is the return man. He is not. Let's move up into their next defensive sequence. All right, Virginia Tech is on the board. All right, here we go. Back to Caleb Fairley on defense. Pressure gets there, and they get brought down. No help to Caleb Fairley. It's just everybody else doing good. Scoop and score. Ah, oh, Caleb Fairley not in on the scoop and score. Unfortunate. Just playing so great coverage that the, you know, this is a coverage sack. Not really. The pressure <laughs> the pressure did get there quickly. But, hey, Caleb Fairley's probably out there backing it up, co covering everybody. Quarterback couldn't throw it, and this is a great team. I mean, defense is all about team, folks. It takes everybody doing their job. It's not like offense where, you know, you kind of need solid plays every single time. On defense, you just need one play, one play of everybody doing something, you know, creating that turnover or getting the sack, creating a long kind of second, second and 10 now, third and 10 where they're behind the sticks. So that's what defense is all about, making that one great play – of everybody doing their job. Alrighty, they're pressuring the quarterback again. He's able to kind of get around because Caleb Fairley wasn't chasing him down. He was out in coverage. If Caleb Fairley was there blitzing, he would, he would not get away, folks. Alright, what else do we get here? Alright, here we go. Let's uh, let this tape roll. Once again, they're chasing him out of the pocket. Everybody's there to kind of chase down the receiver. Don't still don't see Caleb Fairley, so he's still on that kind of right side. All right, now they're back to offense, unfortunately. Let's get him back on defense. Get him back on defense. Here we go. All right, Caleb Fairley back on defense. Where is he at? Can we find him? All right, he was playing a little deeper on this one. Looks like he plays corner and maybe safety because the man is really deep here. Um, let's try to find him right from this rip on this play. Is he over here or is he in the middle of the field? Hmm. Yeah, it looks like he's right on this man. He's covering this man. So, yeah, all right. That's not his man. He didn't get beat. All right, that's not his fault there on this play. All right, Caleb Fairley. Number three, not really seeing him off the rip. This may be him. Oh, here he is. Here he is. He's got this coverage guy all around. And once again, he's got him locked up. He's right here. The man was locked up. The quarterback could not go his way once again. So this man is truly a great lockup corner, honestly. This is fantastic, man. That's not his man that got beat there. So not, so not his fault that that was a nice completion pickup. Once again, Caleb Fairley, look at this man, cover, 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 running right with him, making the quarterback not throw to him. This man is doing fantastic. All right, let's back it up here. Fourth and two, Caleb Fairley right here. 
And yes, sir! Fourth and two, he breaks up the pass! Yes, sir! Look at this. He gets a little beat there off the rip. His first step is inside, got beat, but his recovery speed, he's right here. He comes inside, comes back down, comes back out because he got beat, and he gets beat, but he makes up for it, knocks the ball out at the right time on fourth and two, forcing a turnover on downs. Yes, sir! Caleb Fairley, man. This man can ball. This man can ball. Let's get him back on defense here. Where are we at? Still on offense. All right, still on offense. And now they're back on defense? No, still on offense. Right on the goal line. They score. All right, Caleb Fairley should be coming up now. Here we go. All right, Caleb Fairley. Anything else good? They're playing off very much. It's a run play. They come up, make the stick. Caleb Fairley right here. And, you know, once again, he's not even throwing to Caleb Fairley's side, even on cover defense, um, zone defense. It doesn't matter. They're not throwing to the right side of the field because Caleb Fairley is over there locking up everybody. They're always throwing to the left. That's a little bit open on the left side there. Once again, throwing to the left side away from Caleb Fairley. And now they're back on offense, so we can skip all this. All right, Caleb Fairley should be coming up now. 21-0 lead in the fourth quarter. Oh, no, we're still in the third. Nine minutes left. All right, here we go. Caleb Fairley back on defense. Blitz comes from the left side, able to get there. And they force a punt. I mean, they're not allowing Pittsburgh to do anything, folks. All right, Caleb Fairley back on defense here. Once again, everything is coming to the left. They are not even attempting to run anything to the right side because that's where Caleb Fairley is. That's why we're not saying him a lot in these replays or these highlights because he's not. He's he, he's being out of the play. He, they're throwing him out of the play. Once again, they lock up, force a punt. Still twenty-one nothing. Still on offense, still on offense, still on offense, still on offense. All right, here we go. They're back on defense. Here we go. All right, here we go. Caleb Fairley. Let's see a play. Let Throw to Caleb Fairley. Throw the pick again. Throw the pick. Lock up up there. It's a running play. Fourth and one. And there it is. Caleb Fairley not even in on this play once again. He's locking up everybody. I don't think he was the one blitzing off the edge there. He's right here. It's right here. Locking up, locking up. And once again, just not even throwing towards Caleb Fairley. They're afraid of this man. I'd be afraid of this man. All right, back on defense. Caleb Fairley should be all the way up top there. Run play. Everybody else not doing their job. <laughs> Everybody else not doing their job besides Caleb Fairley. That's the only one that's doing his job. Up top here. Once again, they have to do the outlet route because Caleb Fairley and company are locking up everybody. Throwing to the left side away from Caleb Fairley. On fourth down again, so they turn it over on another fourth down. All right, this possibly is the last time we see Caleb Fairley on defense. Let's see. See what he's doing here. Let 
The Blitz gets there. Throw the underneath route. Because everything's covered. Should be out there. Covering the deep right. Once again, he takes off. Man, this pit quarterback is either trash or they got no weapons. So, all right. I think we can call it now. The game's over at this point. Two minutes left. They're up 28-0. Caleb Fairley is the real deal. I'm very impressed by this man. Let's get this man drafted first round. He could definitely help out any team he goes to. Caleb Fairley, lockup cornerback. 6'2", 207 pounds, lockup cornerback. Fantastic. Damn, he's he, that was truly impressive, truly. Out of all the um, all the prospects that we've looked at, I mean, just in just regular game scenarios, not in the highlight tape, still covering everybody. He locked up everybody from play one to the end of the highlight package or to the end of the game, nothing open, making the quarterback throw to the entirely other side of the field because avoiding Caleb Fairley. So very, very well done. Alrighty, that is going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. We're back tomorrow, live, noon Eastern, on another day 10 of our draft prospects. So we'll see who's up tomorrow. You got to tune in to find out. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. We are out.